Life Changes Church, we are in season two of the Promotable Life series. It is going to be an incredible word. So grab a notebook and a pen and get ready. Um, my name is Scott. Um, I'm married to Amy. We've got our two, two little boys, um, Zachary and Christopher. They send their love. They were here at the first service, but they're, they're back home, hopefully, hopefully sleeping. Um, but great to be with you this morning. I love preaching here. It's such an incredible congregation. God's on the move. You can feel His spirits here. God's presence in this room. And very, very excited for what God's going to do. Um, anybody here from Pretoria? Any Pretorians? Anybody? Hand or two? Any, uh, I guess nobody from Pretoria Boys High School? No, not old boys, eh? So my, my stories are safe from my, my school days. But I, I went to school with some very famous people. Um, John Smith, Mark Fish. Um, yeah, people you would know. If you look on the screen, there's any, any guesses who that is? It's not, it's not me. Any guesses? It's Elon Musk. Elon Musk went to Pretoria Boys High School. He was a little bit before my time. Big on his uh, rockets and electric cars. Anyway, who, who knew what he was talking about? Um, but there was one guy at school who, who stood out above the rest. Um, there was one guy there, he just... He was, he was unusual and different, but it, he, stood out, he stood out literally heads and shoulders above the rest. Um, he was born with a physical ailment, so his legs weren't, weren't fully developed, um, and he wore prosthetics on, on, on each of his legs, both legs. But he, he gave it a go. He, he was swimming. He would just play touch rugby without his prosthetics. He was, he was doing his thing. He literally played tackle rugby at times with his prosthetic legs. And I, I kid you not, I saw it. And... One time, one would actually fall off, and he would get back on it, pop the leg back on, and get back on the field and, and do his thing. You, just, you could just see this guy had, he had guts for days. He, he had determination. He had courage. He had fire in his, in his belly. Um, and he was, he was one of the boys, you know. In, a, in Pretoria Boys, it's probably like a Rondebosch or something here. 1,500 boys. There's a lot, a lot happening. And he could give it as good as he took it, and he was one of the boys. Um, and then he went off to the Paralympics. And overnight, he became a sensation. Suddenly, everybody knew who he was. He came back with four gold medals from the Paralympics, went again, did that. And then, all of a sudden, he started competing in the able-bodied Olympics. And, and it, just, it, would, it sort of opened up all this debate in terms of, can a disabled person compete in able-bodied athletes? Are his prosthetics giving him the unfair advantage? It was just, he was at the cutthroat of, of the sports scene. And... Lots of debate. He was the BBC Personality of the Year, get invited to overseas football matches, people paying him to drive cars. He, he wanted for nothing, and he was literally a global, a global superstar. Um, and I remember, I remember the day. It's almost 10 years ago to that day, Valentine's Day 2013. I just remember driving in the car to hear the news about the story where his girlfriend was found dead in, in his bathroom. And I'm not trying to speculate what happened that night. I mean, many of you would have followed the news have heard the stories, and not trying to say what, what did or didn't happen that night, but I do know is that his life changed forever on that evening. It's currently 10 years on, he's still, he's still serving time in prison. And that night changed his life forever. It was like somebody just pulled the handbrake up. It just, it just completely U-turned his life. He was heading in this direction, heading in that direction, and just completely changed the direction of his life. And I wonder for, for us here this morning, if you've ever had that call. Maybe you've had a phone call. Maybe it's a doctor's visit. Maybe it's hearing that you're pregnant when you weren't expecting it. Maybe it's news of a, of a child. Maybe you know what I'm talking about, where just in an instant, your life changes direction, fundamentally. I remember going, um, going on a, 
uh, trip to Disney World as a, a light year. I must have been 12 or 13. And there was a, a ride there called the Tower of Terror. So basically, it would take you up 13 stories and then, and then drop you down. It's um, like the feeling of an elevator, a lift falling out, just free falling. And it would then catch you and, and eventually, obviously, you return safely. But just that feeling of my life is just, just, my feet have just fallen out from under me. And my life is different, fundamentally different. And I don't know how to do this. I haven't got this. What is expected of me in this circumstance, I haven't got. I haven't got what's required of me. And I feel like I'm in that space often just saying, I haven't got this. I haven't got what's required of me in this situation. The Israelites, when, they, when they're out in the wilderness, in a foreign land, um, in exile, they, they cry out to the Lord. They cry this prayer. They say, how should we then live? How should we then live? Just, and some translations say their, their bones were rotting and they've cried out, how should we then live? And I just, we can all relate, I think, on some level to say, how should we live in these times? How should we live in these uncertainties? How should you live in that relationship that's failing, in that retrenchment, in that boss, that's environment that's toxic? How, how should we live? How should we do that? And I think there's a lot we can learn in this preaching series about how we should live wherever we find ourselves, in whatever the circumstance is and what the Lord is asking of you in that time. So this morning I'm preaching, I'm preaching to you as much as I'm preaching to me. We're looking at the story of Joseph, which if we look at his life, it's, it's, a, bit like, it's a bit like my friend on some level in terms of these, these ups and downs. It's, it's a roller coaster. He's up and he's down and he's up and he's down. And if, if I look at my life too, it's, it's often not sort of, it's not just your incremental gains, but like stepping on a ladder, neck, taking the next step, promotion, next kid, house. Well, life doesn't work like that. Life is full of extreme ups and extreme downs and getting news that you don't expect and then getting good stuff you don't expect and just trying to navigate all the way through that. And we're going to look at his life. He, he starts off as the favorite child of his dad, the pretty boy, the glory boy. His dad loves him. His brothers then beat him up, basically, out of jealousy leave him for dead, sell him into slavery, and go back to their dad. He then works his way, he works diligently, only to be accused of, of rape, basically, and gets sent into prison, does prison time, interprets some, some dreams, does prison, and then sits before Pharaoh and interprets the most powerful man's dream in the world at that time, interprets his dream. And through that, other doors open. So we're going to look at the roller coaster life of Joseph, which I think we can look and learn from this morning. Let's turn in your Bibles, if you've got them with you, um, Genesis 41, and we're going we're gonna to jump down to 45. I'm going to read one, one scripture, and we're going to jump in. It says, and Joseph took up his duties over the land. Joseph was 30 years old when he went to work for Pharaoh and the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And as soon as he left Joseph's parent presence, he began his work in Egypt. So he's just interpreted this dream for Pharaoh. He said, Pharaoh, this, there are going to be seven years of plenty, seven years of famine, and he basically gives him a plan. And as he left Pharaoh's presence, he began to work. And Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning with, with open hearts, open ears. Would you, would you make us attentive to your leading, Lord Jesus, attentive to your spirit as we open our lives up to you? Thank you that you are the one who makes our paths straight, and you are the one who guides us in your precious and holy name. 
Amen, amen. As, as, we, as we've been teaching the promotable life, it's, a, it's a, a wonderful, catchy phrase for this series, the promotable life. I just want us to just to take a step back for a second that, that we don't get overly focused on the promotion. Sometimes, and I, I put myself in that circle too, we can, we can think of Joseph's story as, as steps towards the promotion. And, and I don't think it's that. It's, the Bible is not, a, is not a handbook to become the next prime minister or the next CEO, or the next worship leader across the world, or the next whatever, you can fill in the blanks of where you are now. The, the promotable life is about what it looks like to live a life of influence for the Lord, to position yourself in such a way that you can be used by God in the most effective way. So if we look at some of the heroes of our faith, like Stephen as an example, he ended his life basically in a hole being stoned. That's, that's, where, that's where he died. If we look at Jesus Christ, he ended his life on a cross, busy getting beaten. And that's, that's the, almost the challenge of, of an upside-down gospel, is, is what may seem to the world as being lowly or insignificant, oftentimes is the most significant. So just let's not get stuck this morning on the promotion to say, we're not going to pray for you that you're going to be the next, the next CEO today. We want to pray for you that you would position yourself to have the most influence for God. Are we good? Great. All right. So my, my encouragement this morning is very simple in terms of asking that question, how should we then live? The first thing to do is to listen. Simply to listen. It's such a simple instruction and yet I think so profound this morning. To listen is to give one's attention to a sound. To give one's attention to a sound. To take a second and to give your attention to something very specific. What sounds are you giving your attention to? I think where we, where we put our attention is the thing that shapes us and molds us and builds us. And if we are giving our attention into the right areas and to the right things, then we get built up. And Jesus answers this in Matthew 4 verse 4. He says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Literally, listening to what God is saying to each of you this morning is what will sustain you. In the same way, bread or KFC or McDonald's or whatever you're choosing is sustains you, so the Word of God will sustain you this morning. And I just want to encourage you that God speaks God speaks in a very real way, and God speaks to us personally. He speaks to us through His Word. It says the Holy Spirit comes and interprets the Word with us. He speaks to us through the preaching of the Word. He speaks to us in community through each other. And we are, we are busy with a preaching series, um, a life group series on the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, it's incredibly powerful. If you're not a part of a life group, get stuck in. And, and you can find out so much more about the gifts of the Spirit that are available to us. And if we look at the story of Joseph, it's, it's full of that. It's full of the prophetic, actually. The prophetic is, is a forward-looking view of that God reveals to His believers through His Holy Spirit to encourage the church, to build the church. If you look on the, the screen behind me, Joseph, at 17, 17 years old, he has a dream. He has a dream that his brothers will bow down to him. That's, that's, that's a prophetic dream that he has in that moment. We can fast forward then 
to his late 30s, it's a great age, and the Lord, these brothers bowed down to the ground at his feet. It's just, he knew with certainty, as much as he could at 17, that something will come to pass at a later stage, which is exactly what it did. At 28, the cupbearer will be restored. He says the cupbearer will be restored in three days. Um, and exactly three days, that cupbearer is restored to Pharaoh's house. Similarly, I think the, the bread maker sees oh, some, good, some good news going around here. Let's, let's jump in. Let's get, get in on it. And Joseph says to him, in three days, your head will be chopped off and you'll be dead. And in exactly three days, that's what happened. It wasn't, it wasn't Joseph interpreting these dreams. It was the Lord interpreting these dreams to, to Joseph. And then Joseph, at 30, 30, he prophesies seven years of plenty and seven years of lean to Pharaoh. And that is exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. And he becomes a part of the solution. And it's an incredibly powerful thing to, to know the future. In Joseph's case, it's incredibly powerful to know how things are going to play out. I mean, for, for us here, what would you do if you, if you knew the future, if you knew it with certainty? I mean, God does it to equip us and to build us up. But I think there is something incredibly powerful in the prophetic that we have access to. And we, we can use and, and we can use in our day-to-day walks. Just a personal testimony for me. I got a call about, um, about two weeks back, oh, not two weeks, two years back, from, um, from the CEO of, of a large company in Cape Town. Um, you would recognize the, the name of the company and the brands if I had to tell you. Um, and he, he said, come, we need to have a chat two years ago. And I was getting to his office and he's telling me some, some of the issues in the business, some of the, the uncertainty, just what they're currently dealing with. And it was, a great, it was a great chat. It was in terms of I really liked him. I think he liked me. We got along well. It seemed to be a great culture, great business. It, it all looked solid and it was doing good. And it just also it was going to be a good step for me professionally. I, was, I came back and I was very excited about it. I spoke to Amy about it. I said, look, I feel like there's something there. I, I want to get involved. I want to make the change. And we prayed about it and, and felt so clearly, don't, don't touch it. Don't touch it. When that door needs to open, it will open at the right time. And, and I knew the players, I knew the CEO, I knew some other people. I knew if I, if, I just, if I just looked at that door, if I just went like this, it would open. It would open for me. I, I, was, I was 100% sure. But it just, it just went quiet. I, mean, I don't know how, how many of you have been in an interview where things just go quiet afterwards. It sounded so great. Or maybe you were, were on a date and it just, things just got quiet on the, on the end. All that hope. All the expectation, and you just get blue ticked night after night. But, uh, but it's, it was disheartening. I used to drive past that company and sort of see the, see the inner workings, and just, yeah, so I feel like I should be there, you know. I feel like there's something for me there. Two years later, I get a call from the CEO to say, can we chat? So I go to his office, and in those two years that I was out of the business, they uncovered fraud in the business. There was somebody f- falsifying transactions. There was, there, there, was a, there was a rot in the business that they uncovered and got that person out of the business. And it was basically like the hood had been lifted off, and he's like, come and help. We need to fix this thing now. But it was just stepping in in that moment was in the Lord's perfect timing. And I'm in that, in that situation now. It's not straightforward and there's challenges, but I've come in the business at exactly the right time. If I'd gone there two years earlier, I would have been faffing around. I also would have been trying to work with the people that are committing fraud in the business. It, just, it would have been a mess. But coming out as that rot had just been exposed means I could come in and, and be influential for God's glory. 
and it was really it was in obedience to the Lord. It was the Lord revealing the future to me in some way that I was able to, I was to be able to make, that, make those changes and to be where I am now. I, was, I prayed for a, a lady um, at the Century City campus the other day that she was young, maybe 15, just that she had a, a Ruth anointing on her life and prayed for just that she was called to travel to nations, to, to unlock things, to sit with kings. And just, I, I, I didn't know her from Borisov, but just as I prayed for a prophetic word that there is a, a call of Ruth on your life. And I, that's what we have access to. And just as I come this morning, there's, there's prophetic inklings, you know, as Bunty's giving it a go there on the worship, the worship team going for it, there's, there's the prophetic is here with us. And Don, behind the, behind the, the keys there, I'm doing our sound. I, I prayed for you this morning. And just, it feels like there's a, there is a gift of, of efficiency on your life. I haven't worked much with you, but just a, a gift to take out the noise on things and do things in the most effective way. And I just you've you've served in that faith, but I also feel like there's a there's a business case for it for you to actually take that into a business case and make something of that through being able to be efficient in ways that other people aren't. So so take that and and hold on to that for Pelissa. <laughs> give him a hand there, yeah. For Pelissa, I, I, I prayed for you too. And, um, Amy prayed for you this morning, actually, and she felt the words CrossFit. I mean, yeah, true story. But just, just that, that um, seeing somebody with these, these ropes, busy, busy pulling these ropes up and down, and just that there is a, a strength and a fitness in the spirit in, in who you are, just that you're, you're strong in the spirit, and to actually to back yourself in that, that there's going to be times where you're called to engage in spiritual warfare and fights, and actually, actually you've got it, and you, you're stronger than maybe you may even perceive in terms of being able to fight those battles, so, so go for that. Um, and for you, Bunty, yeah, sorry, man, I thought I had something here. Sorry, Bunty, sorry, yeah, sorry. Sorry, Bunty. I had it, and then I lost it, and then I... Uh, sorry, man. Sorry, Bunty. Um, but but the, prophetic, the prophetic is real, and it's, maybe you haven't had a specific word like that in your life, but it is real for each and every person. I just want to encourage you that, that as, you, as you step into God's word, as you step into church, as, as you're here this morning, God wants to speak to you in a personal way this morning, and take that. Take, take those dreams, take those desires, take all that you know, and ask the Lord to make sense of that for you, and, and He will. I've got, got no doubt about that. Um, uh, this will date me a little bit, but I don't know how many of you have watched Back to the Future. Back to the Future, hey? Yeah, some hands. The, the youngsters are looking at me like they've got no idea what's happening. Um, but it's about these two guys that travel, they get this time machine, that travel into the future, um, and they can basically see how things play out. They can see the, the odds and the ends and the, how their life works, how it doesn't work, who marries who, the future version of themselves. And then they come back, they come back into the present. And I just, I remember watching the movie so clearly thinking, that's a, it's an interesting dynamic that, hey, to, to have an idea of what your future is, what, what does that mean for now? Because I just remember them in the movie, they would be like, don't, talk to that person, don't push that person because you're going to change, change the way things are going. But I think there's a, a great responsibility that comes on us as believers by having the gift of the prophetic and the gift of God speaking in being able to open things up. That it, it doesn't, what, what it doesn't ask for is a, is a complacent approach to sit down and to just let things be. At times, I think at church, we've, we've, heavily been weighted towards the prophetic 
had lots of prophetic words, great, and I, and I mean, I'm, I believe in it 100% in terms of praying for people, hearing what God says, but then what about, what about the work? You know, what, what about holding that word in the reverence that it deserves and doing the work that's needed to deliver what God is calling you to? You need to, you need to hold both of those things, I think, with equal weight, that we're not just going around praying for people. We actually, okay, you've been called to be a worship pastor. How's your musical instruments going? How's your scales going on the keyboard, as an example? You've been called to preach the word. How often are you reading your Bible? Because in reality, I think there can be prophetic words that, that are not realized because we on the back end of that aren't prepared to do the work on it. So my title or the big idea this morning is to listen and then to live. Listen to what God's saying and then to live it out. To physically live it out in a real sweaty way. And I, and I, I just go back to that story of, of my, my now my now. Boss and I, he says to me, as he come into that meeting on now, the fraud's been uncovered, whatever it is, he says to me, Scott, if this was your business, what, what would you do? And I just remember in that moment, actually just praying, and I didn't pray out loud because that would have freaked him out, um, but I just prayed in myself to say, Lord, what, what would your answer be here? And I started to talk about, okay, if you could see this business failing, what, what would you do to fix it? And I just started speaking, and as I spoke, which felt like the Lord was, was speaking through me, I was like, yo, that sounds pretty good. Some, some good things coming out here. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that too. Um, and then he said to me, well, you can have the business. No, no, he didn't. He didn't say that. Um, but, but what he did say to me in, in not so many ways was he said, well, get to work. Get to work. So you've been called by the, by the Lord. You've been placed in your current circumstance. You've been placed in your situation, and now... Get to work. Get to work in terms of what God has called to you. Proverbs 12, 27, verse 12, it says, The prudent see and act, but the simple continue and suffer the consequences. The prudent see and act, the simple continue and suffer the consequences. As we hear God's word in our life, that we don't, like the simple, just carry on blindly into the next thing. As we hear, as you have heard God's word this morning, as we all have, through the preaching of the word, through worshiping our king, don't go and continue living as you do and, accept, and take the consequences for that. Live as though you're a child of God. And if I'm being completely honest, it's, as he said, get to work. The, the work in that moment was a factory in Edenvale. Edenvale there where the tigers roam. <laughs> anybody, anybody from Edenvale? It's like, it's like dog, tiger, dog, tiger, dog, tiger in the people's houses. See some people laughing here. But that's, we, literally in this last week, there was a, a tiger roaming two, weeks, two blocks away from the factory, just cruising around there. That's how they, that's how they operate in Edenvale. Um, but the work there was a factory that was, was in distress. It was a business that was basically hemorrhaging cash. It was absolutely losing itself left, right, and center. We would do a stock count every month. This was in last year, July. Um, a stock count, you, you, you are expecting to count a certain number of something. This happened to be pies and flour and margarine. This is what you're expecting to see. And then this is what you count and what you physically see. And there was a 2 million rand a month gap in that. Every month, there's 2 million rand of stock that's either disappearing because of theft, either expiring, it's waste. I mean, it can be 
hundreds of different things, but there's two million rand a month that the business is just pouring into this business unit. So I got sent up to Joburg, to Edenvale. Those of you who know me, I've got two little champions. They're three and two, and my wife's here in Cape Town. And I got sent up for three or four months, four or five days a week to go and do the work. And it's not easy. I'm not, I'm not saying any decision that you should take based on that. All I'm saying is that there was work to be done, and it wasn't an easy thing. It was about negotiating, okay, which days work well this week? How's it going to work with the kids? How are we going to do this? There's work to be done, which comes at a cost. And just going up faithfully, going up consistently, we counted in our stock at the end of, at the end of January, and it's the first month that we've broke, basically broken even on the, on the business. And it's just being able to go up with the Lord and implement God-given solutions to, to pies. My sister said she used to love sausage rolls until she saw how they've been made. Um, so uh, whenever I see her, so I show her that sausage roll line. It's not, it's not as glamorous as you think. Um, but it's just it's working with the Lord in the solution. And that's, if we look at the story of Joseph, he sits before Pharaoh. He, he says, God gives him, I'm not going to interpret your dream. God is. He gives the interpretation to say, seven years of plenty, seven years of famine. And he just immediately steps into a place of, okay, well, this is what you should do. Appoint a person to do this. Take a 20% cut on all your, your profits, all your crops from now until in seven years' time and do this and do this and this. And this is the Lord giving Joseph a divine interpretation. This here, is it the Lord or is it Joseph? And, and the Bible's not clear, and I think that's where I want to live my life where you just, you're so listening to what God's saying and you're so in tune with what he's called you to as your ideas come forward. It's God speaking through you and you doing it and God speaking and you doing it and just living a life of, of obedience to the Lord in the practical, practical stuff, in the mundane, in the, in the days and the nights and the going through the motions of life. We don't sit here on a Sunday to stay here on a Sunday. We come on a Sunday for Monday. We come here for tomorrow, actually, in terms of you being the light and the world and the salt in whatever circumstance he has called you to. And let's take the encouragement of the believers, the encouragement of being in a place like this, and we take it out with everything that we've got into, into the, the circumstances that we, we find ourselves. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself but do what it says. I wonder if I could ask the, the worship team to come up. Um, the, the story of Joseph is one, it's an incredible story, and it's a true story, but it's also a story that, that points ahead. It's a story that points to, to Christ. As Joseph received prophecies of, of his rule and reign, so too Jesus Christ received prophecies of his coming. The Old Testament has over 400 words and 400 prophecies of Jesus coming to earth and saving the nation, basically. Saving you and saving me. Isaiah 9 verse 6, For to us a child is born, said many hundreds of years before, before Jesus actually came. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty King, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. You've got literally thousands of years of the prophetic inklings of Christ coming and then he comes and he lives he 
comes and he lives 33 years of work, dies a gruesome death to fulfill the prophecy, to fulfill God's call on our life. And just for wherever you find yourself this morning, maybe, you, maybe you're desperate for a word from God. And as we worship now, I, I believe and I trust that God is going to drop things in you of what He has called you to, what He's asking of you, what, what, where you're needed to be, where your focus should be. And maybe you are so desperate for that, for that hope. The Lord will speak to you this morning. I believe it with all my heart. And maybe you're on this side, you've got that word, but you just know there's work to be done and we need to get to work. I, um, I've, got, I've got two little boys. Um, the big trick to parenting, um, let me give some advice to you. Um, the, the big trick is to get your kids to listen to you. If you can do that, you, you're well on your way and, and we know we're close. Um, but you, you, the reality is when I'm, when I'm stretched and when I'm tired and when I'm, when I'm not in a good space, then Zach, our oldest, he starts pushing and he starts going for it. And then I, I generally then start talking and then start shouting sometimes. And when it really unravels, then I'm shouting, Zach's shouting, Amy's upset with me because I'm shouting, the little one starts crying because everyone's upset. And it just, it just all unravels into a, a whole heap of, of tears and shouting and everyone's either angry or upset, one, one of the two. But you know what, when I'm, when I'm our best and I'm being the dad I think I'm, I'm called to be, it's when Zach, he is going to do his own thing, because that's what three-year-olds do. And I just speak, I speak in a calm voice to him, and I say, champion, sport, we need to go this way, not that way. And he keeps going the other way, and I say, Zachy, my boy, I've spoken. Let's do this. Otherwise, you will suffer consequences down that road. But follow my voice, and there's a better, better road for you here. And I think, that's, I think that's how God speaks to us. It's not... It's often not in the shouting or the screaming or the, the big billboard scripture. It can be at times. But I think more often than not, it's in, it's in that calm, quiet, still voice to say, this is the way I have for you. Would you hear my voice and follow me? Let's stand. I want to pray for us, and then we're going we're gonna to land with a worship song. For those of you who have come this morning, and maybe, maybe you've, never, you've never met Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want to pray for you this morning. Jesus, thank you for those who have come. Thank you that they ended up in this building for, for whatever reason they're here. Thank you for that. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would make yourself known to them. You would make your voice known to them. It says, my sheep know my voice and follow me. For those who don't know his voice, it's available to you. You pray after me, Lord Jesus, I believe. Thank you that you are the one who forgives. I am a sinner and I'm saved by you. That's the first time you've prayed that prayer. It's, it's your salvation. You can hang on to that with all that you've got, knowing that you are a follower of Christ. If you did pray that prayer, we can keep all the eyes closed, but just raise your hand and say, I prayed that prayer this morning for the first time. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. And for others here where just you feel like, man, my bones are rotting. I, I, I can't live this life. What, how am I supposed to live? How am I supposed to do this? I feel the word for the Lord for each of you now is take, take hold of my word. If you don't know where to find it, 
Get a Bible and read it. The Lord will speak to you as you seek Him. And as we move forward to a place of work, for those of you who need courage to say, the work is overbearing, overburdensome. I wake up in the mornings, I don't know how I'm going to do this day. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how to deal with this relationship. I don't know how to deal with this wayward child, with these finances, with my credit card that's piling up. I don't know how to deal with this, Lord. But I feel like the Lord is saying, I'm with you. And I'll be with you in the word. I'll be with you in the speaking. And I'll be with you too in the work. I'll be with you day in and day out. Listen to my voice. Follow me. And I will give you life and life in abundance. Amen. Thank you so much for watching. If you'd like to take your next steps or find out what's happening in the life of the church, head over to our website or follow us on social media. We can't wait to see you soon.